space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate, our continuing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something far superior. To review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where many other Star Trek YouTube shows have gone before. We are back. Hello everybody, hello, welcome to another live episode of Trekking Up North. I am your host. It's where we're not dead. It's where we're not dead. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and joining me as ever is the lovely, the ravishing, the Luxana Troy of the northeast of England, Science Officer Sinoise. Hello. Oh, get me a bucket. Oh, get me a bucket. <laughs> Shit filter. <laughs> oh, the mortuary look. <laughs> Look at this. I moaned for so long that the weather was shit and then we got we got warm weather and I was like, yay, warm weather and then in came the humidity and then yesterday and today, the fog as well as the humidity. So it was not only sticky, it was moist and misty. It was... It was moist. It was very moist and misty. And now I am in a two-piece Starfleet uniform, which is not designed for any sort of warm weather. So if I melt... Silent? How are you silent? Speak up. I've done the thing. Ooh. Hold on one moment, guys. I wonder why that's not silent. Can you speak now, my darling? Hmm. Why is this suddenly not working? Oh dear. Thank you, Chris. That that one pound will help me. Why is the output suddenly stopped working? Right, let me have a look. Let me have a look. Bear with me one moment. My, I know, I know it's still mute. I don't know what's going on. Let me have a look. How about now? Anything? Nothing? What is going on? We did not want a silent review. Why is it not suddenly working? <laughs> Let me have a look. Keep talking.
what on earth is going on? Bear with me one moment, my darlings. I am trying to fix it as we speak. Because for some reason the audio output is not working. Cool. 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 Try it now. No, not working. I really don't know what is going on because everything audio output seems to be working input seems to be working hello 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 sausage I'm really sorry guys I don't know why this has suddenly stopped working I'm working on it now bear with me I have got it added on OBS. Yeah, the audio output is is there. The sound's back. But no sonos. Yeah, that's what we're trying to work out because it's for some reason it's nothing is working. Cause he's a moderator. I'm so sorry guys, bear with me one moment, this is highly unprofessional of me. Why is this not working all of a sudden? It died. Talk now. Hello, hello. Can you hear him now? No, no they can't. Please let me know if you can hear him now. <laughs> That's any Illuminati Talk you confirmed. bitch. I Help I be this is the, is, the big is, farmer trying to silence. Trying to silence the noise. Have you tried plugging him in and out again? Many I have. think I fixed it. <laughs> I think I fixed it because I can now see your levels. I think I know what happened. Plug, yes, plug they can hear me, you. Daddy. They can hear oh, you. No, I, Do you I know what happened? <laughs> Do you know what happened? What? For some reason, OBS defaulted you to my headset. Right, okay. Instead That's of it. the output of Zoom, which you are done. Oh my God. Look, we have been on leave. We are very drunk. We are hungover. Fuck it. We'll start again. I refuse, I refuse to be silenced. We'll start again. But, but Space. then they won't know all of the bad things I just said about them. Space, the final oh, frontier. God. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am joined as ever by the lovely science officer, Sinoise. Sinoise, how has your week been? It's been what I said before. Uh, no, um, we didn't actually, we didn't even ask that. We just went on rambling about bollocks. Um, my week's been great because I've literally just been relaxing. It just like, it's been such a whirlwind for the last month or last couple of, like six weeks or something. So basically like this week, I've just been catching up on stuff. What do we do? We got back from... Lindisfarne uh, on Sunday and then I immediately went out with my mate Ollie and then on Tuesday it was D&D &D or something we played D&D &D, and we played Warhammer and we played all this other stuff and yeah it's been good holy it's, shit yeah it's been a busy busy old time and Lindisfarne festival was absolutely amazing thank you everyone who uh, came along to see that that was very strange because we all got a lot of nerves when we saw how big the main stage was and 
then when we were actually getting ready to go on saw how many people were actually there to see us which was just weird because it was one of those slots where there wasn't anything on before us because basically we got worried because they're the band that was on before us they finished and everyone just left it was one of those ones where the band the band finishes and everyone's like okay i'm gonna go off and do something and we're like oh shit there's no one waiting for us okay and then 10 minutes and then we came on and it was full again and we we're like okay so nearly packed out the main stage of lindisfarne festival with a drag act which is that brilliant. is insane guys if really uh, if there are any other audio issues could you please let me know i do apologize for that for some reason it's it's fixed now but this seems to be the same issue that we had with the animations in our last episode but i seem can to have sorted more? it now can you add more audio problems yes oh, um, make me an echo make me echo or something. no i'm not That'd making awesome. you an echo no oh, I'm, not, I'm not putting you in a tunnel um put, put me through some kind of filter so i speak like uh what is it timber his arms wide shaka when the walls fell <laughs> yeah that's it I goodwill you, when the when the, goodwill when the sound stops <laughs> yeah audio his panic <laughs> increases um yeah, we we should um <laughs> we should give a shout out to Stu um who um welcomed us to mr gay europe oh yeah and that two happened. weeks ago yeah that happened um, <laughs> oh yeah and that yeah he was he was insane. he was a broken human being by the end of it guys bless him he worked very hard i think i think it's the the wonderful thing of how optimistic you can be and i'm sure everyone here has had it where they're just like oh yeah i can totally do that thing i'll not be busy at all and he basically said to us yeah i'd love to come on the podcast and then when it came to it he was like I have not stopped all week. There is no chance that I can even spare half an hour. <laughs> and so basically he just, he didn't come on the podcast, the the last one we did, because it was like, I just show up for like five minutes and then I'd have to go off and fix something. And we were like, okay, we'll just do it ourselves. And with the lovely Sean, which was great. Oh, Sean is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. But it was a, it was a lovely uh, evening uh, that I spent all the way up in Annick Castle. Everyone was... Wunderbar. Uh, mm. I got so many hugs, I felt human again. Um, what I didn't enjoy was the two-hour drive back because every moron <laughs> at like was on midnight. the road. <laughs> at like midnight, yeah. There's yeah. This suspicious man in a green car driving down Anik. Um, uh, not just a green car, a blindingly green car. Blindingly yeah. green car because I want to be noticed. Um, <laughs> yeah, my week... Uh, it, it's Yeah, it's been interesting. I've I've talked to a few people that I, I won't mention for now. Um, okay. Gifts are being sent, which is weird. Uh, huge <laughs> shout out to Mr. Joe Dove from Captain's Quadrant, formerly Spectrum Sanctorum, who has shipped over a lovely little timely treat from Las Vegas. A Strange New World's Lower Decks Com Badge. Ooh. It's so good. Focus, you bitch. Focus! Thank you. There we go. Oh, we focused. Damsets.com. That will that will go onto my new uniform, which has been ordered as we speak, or has been delivered as we speak, um, all the way from Asia. So I'm looking forward to that. Other than that, it's been busy, busy, busy because I'm in America in <gasps> nearly a week's time. Ah, which is, I don't want to come back. Oh, it's not scary. <laughs> I just don't want to come back. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's it's all been good. I love that we haven't even organised a plan for what we're doing while you're away. We were yes, literally we have. thirty like, seconds ago. Like, 
Yeah, 30 <laughs> seconds before we started playing, we started recording this. We we're like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do about that? And I was like, do I just do it myself? Or, you know, yes. like, okay. So a plan will be sorted in the next week. Well, instead <laughs> we'll of, see. Instead of checking the audio, I thought I'd just dick around talking about other things. So, yes. Um, <laughs> anyway. I like we are having problems. It, it, oh, it, makes it, it, wouldn't be the ad- it wouldn't be the adequate well, if there wasn't some sort of technical problem. Well, speaking of absolute unexpected chaos, Lower Decks Season 4. How? Oh. And it's crazy that they literally came out with two episodes at once and both of them are absolutely brilliant. Like it's anyone who was thinking that Lower Decks was like going to somehow slip off or be worse uh, was wrong because these are absolutely brilliant and they are the perfect mix between original content, actual comedy and gratuitous fan service. And this is the thing. This is the twist. So they, they, they've done a two episode because it is, ladies and gentlemen, it is actually Star Trek Day. So on this date, 57 years ago, Star Trek first premiered on NBC. So it is the 57th anniversary of Star Trek. It is Star Trek Day. So they have decided to give us two episodes because they're not going to have much soon because they don't know <laughs> their writers Four. or actors <laughs> properly. So if you don't do that, we'll have no more Star Trek left. And... All all work and no Star Trek makes goodwill. A, a Go good to Vegas. Boy. Go to Vegas and spend all money on blackjack and hookers. Um, Dabo! Dabo! This is roulette. Dabo! <laughs> so it's uh, so yeah, it is Star Trek Day. So no doubt there will be maybe some news coming out. Uh, not much because they can't plan anything. But yeah. uh, maybe something will come out about Section 31. We don't know. However, I, before we get into the nitty-gritties of, of these episodes, I was very surprised that I thought I would like one episode more than the other, and then it turned mm. out it was the role reversal, that mm. the second episode was actually way better than the first See, it's I don't know. Me. I don't know. I the thing is, I really liked both of them. I really, I really liked because uh, I think maybe I preferred the first one. Mm, maybe, but it was gratuitous fan service. But it was just like it just made me laugh like a lot of <laughs> just all the silly stuff. It was, yeah. I mean, shall we get into it? Sh- yeah, um, well, it. I think first of all, we haven't covered Lower Decks on this show before. No, we haven't. So for the, for the crazy, crazy bastards out there, where this is your only actual gateway to Trek, and that you're not actually looking at any of the better sources out there, uh, what Lower Decks is, is it's basically like a tongue-in-cheek comedy show about Star Trek, but that still manages to be really good and engaging Trek. It does that fine line of what the Orville did and what, like, what I what off. I think fans do, you know, mm. where it's, it's like, so go on. Oh yeah, no, but but it, it just it has that line of just being like, hey, look, it's packed of packed full of references and whatnot to Trek that makes everyone feel nostalgic, but then it still has great characters and tells a good story. Like, I really didn't know whether I'd like Lower Decks and it's just nuts that it's like yeah it's brilliant like I absolutely love it and then for them to have the amazing crossover that we did cover with Strange New Worlds where they had like where they had like you know 
uh, real life Boimler and Mariner. It was absolutely amazing. Like it was, but but the thing is, yeah, basically it's like, yeah. Do you want to give a bit of background to the setup of Lower Decks? So because there was Decks. an episode of TNG, wasn't there? That this is like that it yeah. refers to in a way. There's there's been uh, the, I mean the, the name Lower Decks comes from a Next Generation episode called Lower Decks. It was in season seven, and it focused on the ensigns. Uh, aboard the Enterprise who work on basically the most mundane duty that an ensign can do on the lower decks of the Enterprise. Uh, so basically these are the ones that are right at the bottom and they do the most mundane stuff. They clean out um, they clean out systems, they purge systems, they, they basically do the jobs that no other rank wants to do. And it's, bit, it, it's like having an apprentice where yeah. they are the ones that, that do the mundane admin tasks that anyone who is superior won't do. So the whole series of Star Trek Lower Decks was based on that. This is set uh, a year after Star Trek uh, Nemesis. So it's set mm. in 2380. It is... Uh, based it's obviously it's animated as you can see by the the scroll and <laughs> it. Uh, it is based on the uss cerritos which is the most this is what the this is how they pitched it when it first was announced the most unremarkable ship in starfleet doing the most unremarkable work and essentially well, what the what the cerritos does as as well as all the california class which is this shit where am i there, it's this behind you there. Mm. Uh, they primarily do second contact missions so the great explorers like picard and janeway who who go out in on the enterprise and on voyager and, and everything they make first contact the the encounter these civilizations and then the crews of the the cali class the california class they go out and go yes you've made first contact here is essentially the shit you will need going forward. They are the ones that provide <laughs> the communication, the replicators, the the ability for this new civilization to maintain contact with the Federation and apply for mm. Federation um, admission. But they do do other stuff. But again, it's mundane. It's escort missions. It's like pick up this, deliver this. They are yeah. essentially the workhorses of Starfleet. And it's ironic because... The the creator of the series, Mike Mike McCannon, who is the 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 showrunner, Mike Mike Mahan, can never get his name right. Mahan. Mahan. <laughs> but he Ma is Mr. Ham. Yeah, he is uh, a hardcore Star Trek fan. So every facet of Lower Decks he is overseen. That's why there is so much fan service, but it's fan service done right. It's not like, mm. look at this, it's this. It's like it's done yeah. in a fluid way. Even to the point where when they designed the ship, he said, I want the name of the registry to be backwards. And he said, because this type of shit, because it, it shit, this type of, this type of ship, uh, because it's the workhorse, <laughs> it'll be used to towing stuff. And he wants the name backwards so people can see who are being told what the name of the ship is. And it's daft little <laughs> details like that. And he's like, I intentionally want it to look ugly. I want it to just be functional. I want it to be beat up, old. And that that's why it looks like it looks. It's a very odd design, mm. but it's, it's unremarkable. So this is set after Star Trek Nemesis, before Star Trek prodigy and way before star trek picard 
So mm. if you're looking at a timeline of shows, it would be Star Trek Voyager, uh, Star Trek Nemesis the movie, and then Star Trek Lower Decks, and then Star See, Trek Prodigy. And I didn't know where it's at in the timelines. That's really, really interesting for me. But it's um, but yeah, and obviously the main characters that we have, it's it's as normal with Trek. It's an ensemble cast. So we have the we have the captain, we have the highest security officer, we have a med a chief medical officer who is a cat. I don't know why there have we ever. No, had they, a cat they are race? they are a, they are a, a, a real species. In, no, no, but in... have they actually appeared in any other Trek? Yes, they have. Really, they, they were in the Voyage Home, and they were in the animated series. Ah, okay. I have not seen the animated series. That is probably. But I was just like, okay, this what year, the... guys, for the what animated the series. Yeah. Yeah, because, and the, but the yeah. main four characters are Brad Boimler, mm -hmm. uh, Brad Boimler, uh, Mariner, uh, what? Tendy, Tendy. wonderful Tendy science officer, and Rutherford, who is uh, engineering. Yeah. And basically, they just are a slice of what the crew is like on the lower decks, doing all the menial jobs, but then work really really well and they're the best of friends and it's quite hilarious because Boimler's kind of useless and follows all the rules Rutherford is the epitome of neurodi neurodivergent and he's half cyborg and he's so an engineering genius as well yeah so he's a genius yeah. but he's just both both him and Tendi love the most mundane things where they get really excited about sort of molecules and like you know random little discoveries which is fun you know and then you've got mariner who is bizarrely one of the most competent people on the entire ship but who doesn't give a fuck about anything uh who is literally could be a captain but doesn't want to because it's far too much responsibility so literally just dodges all promotions and dodges any any kind of responsibility that comes her way uh, you know, and as we see in these episodes, it doesn't always work. <laughs> see, Mariner speaks to me quite a lot because she just does not give a shit and does not want to be promoted. And I'm just like in, in my job, they're like, you could be a manager. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, that's that's far more boring. I'm happy in my place so I can do other stuff. Thank you. I, I, I think, to be fair, I'm probably more of a, of a Rutherford or a Tendi, I think. But... I, I mean, I'd, uh, you've associated me with Boimler quite a lot because I know every single <laughs> facet of Star Trek. And I'm like, yeah. And I have yeah. considered, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I have considered purple hair. The way we did when we do did it. the lower decks, yeah. So what I was going to do because I I ordered the uniform and I was like, mm. I'm going to get the uniform, I'm going to die. And then there's been a, a delay because everyone wants the the uniform, so there's been a delay. So I was like, mm, I'm going to look like a bit of a twit wearing this uniform with purple hair. Plus, I haven't frosted my tips yet because <laughs> I haven't this, frosted this, my tips. Yet. The first tangent of this new series. Do you know the Barbie movie? Yeah. So Lush, <laughs> Lush do this, do this soap, right? It's okay. like a bath. It's like a bath bomb soap, but they do it where if you run it through your hair, it temporarily dyes your hair pink. Oh wow! So I'm thinking, like, when I get my tips frosted, bath bomb the fuck out of my tub. So every <laughs> week when I do the show, I'm going to have purple tips instead of frosted tips. I. Let, let, this is, I this just is want to go, wild. but I just want to go to Lush in a Starfleet uniform and go, I want your Barbie bath bombs, please. <laughs> just to see what like what type of security they call to escort me out the shop. 
But uh, <laughs> I think I think it'd be fun. To be fair, though. While, oh God! While... Oh. Second, I swear, guys, we're gonna get to this show. Second tangent. Okay. I was Two detained seconds. in the bank yesterday. Wait, what? What happened? Did you forget Boy, to put I your rifle a... down? Boy, have I have I had a week? I went to go uh, withdraw <laughs> some money. I went to go withdraw some money from my bank account to get some dollars, and apparently that is a suspicious thing to do nowadays to withdraw cash from your bank. Um, I got detained for about four. I think it's because we live in Tory Britain; people aren't used to it. Happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just I, like, "What? You actually have money?" What? I got detained for forty <laughs> minutes in the bank. I got escorted to an interview room in the <laughs> bank where the bank manager interrogated me for 40 minutes asking why I needed the money, if I was being coerced, if there was anyone around me at the moment that could help me, why I needed the money, where I was going on holiday, how long for, what I was spending my money on. And I was like, I just want my cash to get my dollars. Why am I being detained? <laughs> and 40 minutes later, I went out. But what, to add insult to injury... He gave me the money. He was like, okay, Mr. Goodall, here is your <laughs> number of cash. He said yeah. it out loud in the bank. And I'm like, I'm going to die because oh. I was in Middlesbrough. And yet I went to get my money exchanged and it was 10 minutes and I was out. Yeah. <laughs> what? I've never ran so fast. It must have been the amount. Like, it must have it been must like, have you been. know, you were withdrawing more money than most people in Middlesbrough own. <laughs> Yes. You know, it's just really I think getting... that was it. So and yes, like, while, while you've got that money in your hand, do you want to buy Middlesbrough? But I, <laughs> I am probably legit on the bank's watch list now, which is quite hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's. Or get at least you're the... going to get all these phone calls from charities being like, "Hello, would you like to invest?" No thanks. I've spent it all. I, I one Lucas. of one of the charities I support literally emailed me today to say because you know what this stupid thing where you, I donate to charities to support charities, yeah. But then they put you into like, what is it like competitions and stuff? And it's like, hang oh on. yes, yeah. Why does there need to be competitions to get people donating to charity? Because surely aren't you going to lose money doing that than just using the money I'm donating. Like I it, it's it feels a, a bit weird. I'm like, the money I'm donating, I don't really like that being spent on prizes to get people to donate. Yeah. Anyway. But basically it's, I got an yeah. email saying, oh you've won a prize and it's five more entries into the raffle. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like that's a shit prize. <laughs> you know, it's just... So I've got oh I so I won the chance to actually win something. Which is an interesting prize, but at least they didn't spend any money on it. That that reminds me of the whole console thing in 2020, where they were like, you are lucky enough to pre-order a console. And we're like, what? Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. Like, you have won the opportunity to buy this thing. And you're like, okay. But yeah, um, I, I think before we move on, though, uh, we need to go over what's been happening in the chat. With I was the about to say. Quotes. What is it from... Live long and may the mind meld be with you. Joe Border, Joe Border in the chat. That's right, Locutus of Borg. You did what? Remember the first... no, no, no. It's I would. Oh, remember what I said first. I yeah, assimilated remember you when I said I'd assimilate you. I deceived last. you. <laughs> I deceived you. Let off some warm plasma, Bennett. Um, oh God, are we doing? We're going to need a bigger clip? ship. <laughs> oh my God, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Star Trek. Could you imagine it? <laughs> he is looking at you, Jim. I am here to assimilate you. Picard, you son of a bitch. 
I'm in. What's the matter, Riker? <laughs> they got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> Hasta la vista, Boggy. <laughs> Let off some warm plasma, Bennett. <laughs> Can you imagine him as Kai Wynn? Ignore my oh, child. We've been talking and the chat has just ignored everything we said and just been working on these. We love you, chat. Hello, Peaches. We've got I Lee. Hello, Daddy. <laughs> we've got Jake. We've got Nerdy Up North, obviously. We've got Joe. We've got Damon, my Canadian brother. We've got Christopher. We've got Adam Asbridge, the lovely 40-foot high Viking musician. We've got... Many. We've got some pillar called the Velvet Snatch. I believe that's a descendant of Loxana Snatch. I'm not sure yet, but... Let us get into the first episode of this two-episode extravaganda, uh, yes. ladies and gentlemen, which is unironically called Tuvix. T-W-O <laughs> Vix. Can you yeah. guess why? The Cerritos <laughs> arrives in the Portela system on a classified mission, and all the crew are wondering why they are here. Mariner hopes that it's not some sort of Romulan thing because she hates the neutral zone. <laughs> Boimler finds out that his first uh, assignment of the day is holodeck waste removal. And as we all know from the first series, <laughs> that shit gets gunked up, y'all. Can you imagine what Riker's waste removal would have been like on the Enterprise? I quite like that they have it where they have... Um, what's his name? Is it uh, Ransom? Jack Ran Ransom. Jerry O'Connell. Ra Ra Ransom, yeah. Um, yeah, never had to say that loud. But yeah, um, Ransom. Ra Ran Ransom. Ransom. Ransom, Ransom. I can't say that, Ransom. Yeah. Just say Ransom and like Ransom. But yeah, he basically says to Boimler, oh, you're in line for a promotion as long as you just don't fuck anything up today. Uh, you should be fine. And obviously this makes Boimler immediately start fuck panicking. <laughs> uh, and he's got to clean out, he's cleaning out the holodecks. And I'm a bit disappointed actually because he's got a big uh, canister of fluid and he spills Ooh. it and it's green that comes out rather than white which is not what I expected it's a mix of it all <laughs> what, 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 who's got green <laughs> when was the last time he cleaned it out <laughs> I don't know there's that's quite a lot of canisters in this holodeck and they've got two holodecks no, let's not forget <laughs> um, so yeah it is, it is brilliant though it's like little nods to that yeah so back on the bridge um the Cerritos arrives at this mysterious space station and uh, Freeman <laughs> sort of says, I hope it's not a Romulan thing that we're here for. I hate the neutral zone. And Mariner, her daughter's like, right? Yeah, we should point out for those who haven't seen Lower Decks, uh, Beckett Mariner, who we've mentioned is one of the ensigns, her mother is Captain Carol Freeman of the Cerritos as well. So they, they often butt heads. Um, so yeah, they get a hail from um, Curator Tweakle. <laughs> who has spent years on a classified mission restoring a piece of art, and it's revealed to be the USS Voyager from <laughs> Star Trek Voyager. What an imaginative and, name. And it's amazing. Like, oh, it's, it's beautiful. They, I think this is the thing, though. Like What we've had in Lower Decks is we've had a lot of fan service, okay? Where we've had a lot of... Because what they... What they do is they tend to do stuff that'll make sort of the long-term fans kind of go, oh my God, someone else remembers that. Like yeah. really obscure references, like where they'll literally just reference an event that happens in one, one episode of the original series or like a random encounter that happened in Voyager or DS9 or something or, a or bring back a character 
from one of them and it's it's absolutely wonderfully done and then this episode is just it's like they went we haven't paid enough attention to voyager so let's just put every single voyager trope into this so if you're it's... a fan of the series voyager you will just be giggling throughout all of this because it it's... is so stupid and it has everything in it it's kind of ironic though because in season three they paid homage to deep space nine which was the yeah. third star trek series in season three and then in season four they've paid homage to the fourth star trek yeah. series which ties in really nicely joe because two said, they had um they two they had the titan and Riker appear for the first time didn't they or was in it season one, one? yeah oh yeah the end of season one uh joe border just said wait jerry o'connell uh, uh of yeah. sliders fame yes and not only that joe he is also married to rebecca remain who is una chin riley in star trek strange new worlds so <laughs> Both first officers of both series are married to each other. That's why in the crossover of Strange New Worlds, Ransom goes, oh, hottest first officer in Starfleet. And I'm like, yeah, your wife made <laughs> you say that. You had to say that. You had to but, say that. But, but yeah, so... Because while, while other things have touched on Voyager before, like in, mm. is it season three where there's the, you know, the Tom Paris episode? Where they uh, have like Tom Paris as a guest the character. The Tom Paris collection plate, yes. Yeah. And then in Picard we had Voyager at the Fleet Museum as well. Yeah. But it's but th this is this is absolutely brilliant. And obviously as we as we get to see Voyager animated for the first time. The I music. Think, uh, it does the full on theme tune from it. Not as and... good as Adam's cover though, I'm going to say. No, that. no, definitely no. not. Adam's cover, who features prominently at the, at the start of uh, our episodes. Plug, 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 Adam. See, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting you there. Um, during the intro, though, did you notice the whale probe? there through plugging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my strategy, Christ. Pull-out method is strong. Did you notice <laughs> in the intro, though, uh, for the show, the whale probe from The Voyage Home? No. You know the little bat. There's a little battle scene, obviously, because yeah. we, we get the we get flybys, and then there's a battle scene with Romulans, Kling, uh, Klingons, Borg, mm. crystalline entity, and what they've done for this season, they've added the whale probe from Star Trek Four, the one with the whales. I did into not notice it, that with the whale noises as well, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> please just have that probe coming back one one episode. I would fucking love that. I really <laughs> would. Um, so yeah, the star date. And again, this is why I love Lower Decks. I started at 58724.3, which is the year 2380 exactly, because mm. the star date in season one of The Next Generation is started at 41. And then every season onwards, it was 41, 42, 43, 44. So they yeah. established that in The Next Generation and they have carried it on with Lower Decks. So <laughs> the, the more anal of us, like me, can go. Ah, yes, that is exactly uh, 17 Hang on, years. I, I thought I was the most anal of us. Well, surprise, surprise. But it's exactly 17 years from the first episode of The Next Generation, <laughs> which is brilliant. So, yeah. Delicious facts for Star Delicious Trek Day. Delicious facts. But yeah, I will um, keep saying this, yeah. So, yeah. So, and also, I will mention in the intro, like, obviously, I always I always love the, the intro to Lower Decks because it... it is a parody of all of the intros from the other things where we get to see zooming around and stuff like the spaceship. And then it literally starts with uh, the Cerritos getting like sucked off into space. Which and then was sort still of writing itself on, and coming yeah, back. Which was like the, the, the space slug that's just sucking on yeah. them. When I saw that in Strange New Worlds, I nearly cried. I was like, oh, he's alive <laughs> even then. I loved it. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Stardate 58724.3, we find out that the Cerritos has been put in charge of escorting Voyager back to Earth, where it will be grounded at Starfleet headquarters as a museum piece before being put on permanent display in orbit. That is a great mm. callback to Endgame from Star Trek Voyager because uh, in the alternate future, we find out that when Voyager got back to Earth, it was decommissioned and put on permanent display at Starfleet in San Francisco. Mm. Uh, and then obviously in Star Trek Picard, we see it orbiting Space Talk 1 at Earth and Prime. So I'm like, nice little callback there. I do like yeah. that. I love the bit where the Andorian is carrying the mannequin of Seven of Nine and her eyepiece falls off and he just shits himself. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's walking, he's saying, ding! And he's like, fuck! And he's like looking around to make sure no one picks it up. Um, <laughs> or the bit in the mess hall with Neelix where they put like that thing of soup and he starts yeah. gagging when he smells it. And I'm just like, Neelix was a shit cook. It's, um, it's really good because they're, they're basically, it's, they've turned the whole ship into a museum. Mm. So they've basically got like mannequins with the costumes of all of the characters on being set up in different areas. So it basically has like the kitchen. It has like a mannequin wearing a bullshit outfit like <laughs> Neelix would have worn, you know. It's just really good, it. you know. Yeah, and when they're on the bridge, we see uh, the, the Lower Decks crew on the bridge setting up the mannequins. Uh, Boimler trips over and nearly um, damages a pristine, mission-worn Harry Kim uniform <laughs> with the Ensign Pip on it. Never forget. <laughs> um, and Tweakle absolutely freaks out because he's like, this is my life's work, what are you doing? Absolutely yeah. freaks out. And you see Rutherford nicking one of the gel packs inside one of the systems. I thought it was really good though because obviously like the main thing about Voyager is that it had like what were they called they were bioneural um... gel packs because yeah, and, Starfleet and... at the time realized that the the neurons uh, that were in this gel pack which were basically like neurons in a brain and mm. they experimented with it because they said it could make the ship compute almost 10 times as faster as a galaxy class starship so they yeah. had these gel packs but even in Voyager they, they had episodes, and it's referenced straight away in well, this where they went wrong. Well, it, it is quite funny, though, because this episode basically takes the piss out of Voyager by being like, what the fuck kind of plot was that? Because it does. It has an episode. They Because obviously there's like a bio-organic aspect to how, the ship, how Voyager mm -hmm. the ship works. Uh, and then there was an episode where Neelix managed to infect all of the gel packs around the ship with cheese. Uh, yeah. They basically took over, and obviously, they're in this, they're just going, That happened? Yeah, it got pretty weird, you know. There's a whole display for it on deck seven. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, How bad it. is this cheese? How can you fuck up cheese? Neelix. Neelix ne can yeah. fuck anything up. Cheese. But, um, but I love it. They, you know, all the little references to Voyager in this, and it's absolutely amazing. I'm going to be telling, because I don't think Baron's up to date on lower decks and whatnot, but I'm going to tell them def oh, definitely to watch this. They they're going to. They're gonna love it, and I, I love the little bit where um, Ransom goes. You know, who's 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 talking to Ransom? Where they go, the Voyager got crippled by cheese, and he's like, "It's Voyager, <laughs> shit got freaky." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it kind of was." Um, in the sick bear Voyager, we see Talin, who is the new, uh, he's the field recruit from the Vulcan High Command. Um. Mm. With uh, Tendi, we see two uh, two Vox uniform, and I love the fact that Tillin goes. The ship is outdated and smells of Borg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tweakle comes in and asks them to take some artifacts, 
so that they can be uh, prepared. As they are going to the shuttle, Yosemite 2, mm. because the original Yosemite was destroyed in an earlier season, the orchard, the, the oh God, I can't talk tonight, guys. The orchid. The orca. The the orca. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The, whale, the whale in space. Mm. Or, or. Uh, the, the orchid, uh, the, the bottle storing the orchid comes loose and one of the leaves comes off. <laughs> they don't notice it and this, this orchid just, you know, finds its way to the transporter room where we see Billups working. And uh, as Tana's walking past, he's like, do you want to yeah. catch a transporter Basically, room? Basically, uh, Billups is the chief engineer and Talana, what was it? Ta- Billups, Dr. Tana is so, the chief yeah, he's, she's is, a uh, is a cat and basically a cat person and also a uh, the chief medical officer she's the yeah. cmo yeah and uh, but she has no filter she is basically every disgruntled medical professional you have ever encountered where cuz cuz billups is royalty we should note yeah. that as well he is royalty um, but he's also the chief engineer and a virgin and a virgin yeah. Uh, he asked her if she wants to catch a transporter ride back, and she's like, "Sure, beats riding a fucking shuttle." Uh- <laughs> I, I, the, the thing I love about this is literally on my Amazon Prime, it comes up saying that this show is suitable for all audiences or something, and and I was just like, I don't think it is because the hilarious thing is that they beep all of the swear words but very badly where you can still tell that yeah. they're saying fucking, but then it just puts a beep in as like a like a, a, an acknowledgement maybe just, but then um, but then just, with, with tiana with, with tana it's basically you can always tell exactly what she's saying you can always hear the swear word even though they beep it and it just makes it better just a quick question is uh lower decks available on amazon prime no it's this one it's is paramount uh, plus yeah there's paramount plus right okay that's fine yeah, so, i think the older one i think the other series like one two and three are on normal yes now, they are but yeah. yeah but no i had to go into the separate paramount plus thing for this today right. so guys if you do want to catch up in it it is available on amazon prime so if you don't have paramount plus you can always just catch up on there sarah, sarah peaches is saying um she's just watched that episode today what the one with the cheese the one with the cheese and the gel che- packs cheesix <laughs> cheesix yeah so yeah, as uh, Billups and uh, Taana beam away, this this orchid leaf lands onto the transporter. They beam aboard the Cerritos, and oh my god, we get to Ellipse because they <laughs> merge into one entity. Which yeah, is it's yeah, this, this, is, this is a reference to one of the most infamous moments in Trek. I'm divisive willing to say. This episodes is probably one well. of the most divisive episodes. Yeah. Because in Voyager, there is an episode where two characters, the security officer Tuvok, uh, tu- Tuvok, Tuvok, and the character that is there just to exist, Neelix, um, they get they get on a transporter <laughs> with uh, this carrying this particular like orchid, and what it does is it messes up their patterns. So it basically merges them together into a new creature that they the crew dubbed Tuvix. Uh, and basically it's controversial because they're trying to work out what to do with this because it's a whole entity it exists as a separate entity that is aware of its pasts uh, but is optimistic for the future and actually does want to live it doesn't want to be separated because it actually is beneficial to it but uh, Janeway 
makes the decision, like a very hard decision, makes the decision to actually just separate them anyway, which is classed by the fans as murder, because mm -hmm. technically a new creature was created, Janeway kills the new creature uh, and gets the two crew members back. So we get Tuvok and Neelix back. And it's it's one of these things where Janeway, it's all on her record. Any fan that talks about it will talk about the fact that she killed Tuvix. But then again, in the same breath, what are you going to fucking do? It's either she lets Tuvix, uh, Tuvok and Neelix die, which, you know, 50% of that is a bad decision. Uh, or, you know, she just let Tuvix live. And yeah, what do you tell the families? You know, He's... like tu Tuvok literally has kids and a wife and stuff. And he just goes, hey, it's a different guy now. Sorry, your husband's dead. It is very, it, it is all, it is referenced as well in Star Trek Enterprise for the Emmy Award winning uh, uh, Similitude, mm. where Trip Tucker is uh, placed into a coma and they essentially clone. Uh, another version of him and oh, I remember this yes and the out of all star trek out of all star trek there is only one episode that will make me ball like you have never seen anyone ball it is it's that one in ds9 where they have to they get trapped in the game isn't it yes apart yeah. from that but it, no it's 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 similitude <laughs> and the the essential basically if we get it on the double wheel in the future I'm going to really struggle because they essentially clone Trip, but they clone as in from an embryo to mm. a fetus to a baby to a kid to a teenager to a grown man. Yeah. They raise this person who is, again, a sentient entity. He is human. He's by all, you know, all intents and purposes, Trip. Mm. Has his memories and everything like that. And Archer makes the decision to kill him, like Janeway, because mm. of a necessary need. Now, with well, Janeway, Janeway, they're trapped in the Delta Quadrant, and she needs yeah. her two officers. With Archer, they're in the Delphic Expanse. He needs his chief engineer because they are trapped. It's a no-win scenario. Either I, way. I think that the difference is, though, that with the Enterprise one, they deliberately create this clone of Trip for his organs in yes. order to save the actual trip yes. so it's this idea of he was going to be he was going to die anyway like that was the purpose of him being created. he had a limited lifespan of yeah about, like a week so it makes it a bit easier that is literally like they could have let him live for another day or two but he was still going to die but it's the with the Tuvix thing. It's the idea of they could have just carried on, but it was the fact of there wasn't a. In both scenarios, there's not a right decision. There's only what you need to do, and I think Janeway felt that having Tuvok without Neelix was a better thing, and I agree. He was a morale <laughs> officer, which you know, if you work in an office, you see these nonsensical job roles. That's what it is. Peaches, I'm also worried as well that you started watching Voyager and we are just spoiling it left, right and centre, so I do apologise. Yeah, sorry, this will spoil all of Voyager. This Spoiler episode, alert, Peaches. don't look at the images either because I've literally got the... Well, just, yeah, it, it's all spoiled. How do we explain the lizards fucking? We'll get to that shortly. So, 
so yeah um back on voyager tweakle is freaking out that everything is falling apart and that the same situation with tuvix happened uh you know the same situation with, yeah. with ellipse happened with the uh, the voyager crew where you know we we, we got uh Tuvix. Freeman is like, don't worry about it. I will deal with it. Send me Janeway's logs and I will sort this out on my own. You just take Voyager back to Earth. I love how she's just like, she's literally just like, oh, send me Janeway's logs. Let's find out how she dealt with the situation. And Janeway's we'll just a stand-up gal. She'll, she'll have done something that's morally not questionable. Well, then he the... just, just get, cuts to like later on uh, or whatever. It is just Janeway being like, she just straight out murdered him. And it's just yeah. like, yep. There we go. As as uh, Voyager warps away, um, yeah, literally Mariner states, you know, oh wow, you know, Jamie just straight up murdered her. But Boiler is very <laughs> indifferent about this. Vo- like Boiler is very nonchalant about the whole situation. He seems down. He seems just like he doesn't care. Tweakle is freaking out because he's like, I'm going to check to make sure that nothing fell off as we went to warp. And Mariner's like, these ships are designed to take a torpedo blast. Don't worry. And she just like knocks a pal straight off. Yeah. And then she goes, what the hell is that behind there? And then all of a sudden, oh my God, this thing flies out of the bineural gel packs. And you're like, oh my God. And then we realize, oh Jesus Christ, it's the macro virus from the episode Macrocosm. Which is brilliant because it's obviously this episode is just bang, bang, bang Voyager references, which is amazing. But yeah, the macro virus was another episode of Voyager with bad CG, um, (laughs) which is the kind of hallmark of Voyager. I mean, we're not, it's not Babylon 5 ship, but it's definitely species 8472 could have been better, as could the macro virus. But it was in that weird transition period where. Voyager and DS9 were in that period in 90s TV where they were, because obviously Industrial Light and Magic did the movies and we had foundation effects and everything like that, but they were transitioning from 3D models to mm. CGI and it was in its infancy. So if you look at it at the view scope of this was the mid 90s and it's like, take it as it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting with Voyager and DS9 because you could see in such a short space of time, how quickly the CGI advanced, where you got yeah. like really shit CGI in, in my, uh, Macrocosm, or Microcosm. Is it Microcosm? Mm. Uh, I think it'll be Macrocosm, wouldn't it? Macrocosm. Yes, it was Macrocosm. Microcosm's actually a term, whereas Macrocosm's yeah. like a play on words. But you, well, you see the advancement from that to like the, the, the last episode where it's like, even today you're like, that's like 25, nearly 24 years ago. Well, they put That's some money crazy. into it. Yeah. Because it was the finale. And it, yeah, but it's Unlike like, Enterprise. Oh, no, no, no. I will stick up for Enterprise. I will I will defend Enterprise's CGI to the hilt because Doug Drexler designed the NX-01. And mm. when you get into the details of the NX-01, he's like, yeah, this is like a fully rendered 3D object and I can zoom right into a fucking rivet. No, like, but I mean okay. that I mean, unlike the effort put in the final episode of Enterprise, I it mean, never had a finale. They put the episode into Endgame. <laughs> I actually love that Lower Decks references the end of Enterprise as well. Like literally, the it in- never had a finale. <laughs> it never did. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Swiftly moving on. So yeah, yeah. but the, yeah, the... It, it's great that literally the macrovirus. What, what the the macrovirus comes out, it starts spitting stuff around the ship, and it's it quite good because you get the. Yeah, the the guy the guys um 
the what's the guy who runs the ship? This Who's, runs the museum? Oh, Tweakle. Yeah, Tweakle like panicking because he's literally spent ages making sure everything is absolutely perfect for the ship and it's in immaculate condition. And then everything is going wrong. This creature <laughs> that they thought was dead. Uh, starts respawning everywhere, starts duplicating, and starts spitting slime everywhere, and he's just losing his mind in the background. But then you get security officer going, Timber, his arm's white! Well, this is the hilarious thing, because Lower Decks, obviously a lot of the characters reference the previous shows and whatnot, and it has a character who is, what's the character? What's the race (sighs) called? I know know that, what I wrote down, the character's called Kayshon. 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 But I don't know what the race is called. Forgive me, guys. And they're the ones who talk in uh, examples. They talk in parables, really. Like, yeah. And you'll know this, Peaches, but obviously it's one of the most famous episodes of TNG where they go to a, they get trapped on a planet, where Picard gets trapped on a planet with a race that he can't communicate with because their way of speaking is so different to everything that Hoshi's universal translator can't actually decipher it but it's because they actually speak in examples they speak in like context so it's one of rather, my favorite episodes it's it so is... good it's it, it's you know how we talk to about the trial episodes of trek are where it's literally just people sitting down talking politics and that's what makes trek or like you know measure of a man or you know ad aspera perispara whatever mm-hmm. um yeah, and it's just fantastic. But they they speak in uh, metaphor, so effectively, if he was saying, you know, if he was saying, oh yeah, oh I'm disappointed, or oh I'm unhappy, he'd say, oh um, Shaka when the walls fell, referring to an incident where the walls of a city fell and it was overrun and it caused great sadness. So he says, I'm unhappy by referencing an unhappy event, and it's crazy. But we have a character in the show who's doing that now and it's quite it's just a it's obscure it's, fan service it's 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 wonderful i mean that episode of tng is wonderful because one we get the alternate uniform the picard jacket uh the, the oh. leather bomber and and two this is a real star trek episode where we see two people trying to understand each other without technology you know these are two aliens and mm. they they want to get to know each other, and obviously uh, the Temerian speaks in metaphors, uses stories um, that they have heard from other races and their own races to interpret their emotions and what's going on. And Picard eventually tries to understand that, and he's like, yeah. you know, and and we see this with Kershaw in this. And although there's a universal translator, it sometimes doesn't work because Temerian language is so unique and complex. Mm. That when there's panic like that now, it's like, you know, temper his arms wide. But then. <laughs> yeah. they... Although I'm going to refer to panic as goodwill when the sound failed. <laughs> yeah. Goodwill, anxiety <laughs> arisen. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this this tries to attack Boimler. Boimler fends it off. And then Ransom's like, sh- like sh- stop it escaping the bridge. How do we do that? <laughs> Stand in front of the doors. And I'm sat there and I'm like. Hang on, if you stand in front of automatic doors, they're going to open. But yeah. anyway, so that so they all do that, and one goes straight for Boimler and he ducks, and it lets it go. <laughs> and I love it the is... bit where Kayshawn oh. and Jack, where it's like, where Jack just goes, oh, shaka when the walls fell. And Kayshawn's <laughs> like, so car, his eyes uncovered. And he's like, 
I pay attention, fistful. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Shokai's eyes uncovered, which basically means, oh, I just noticed something. Or, yeah. oh, suddenly I see. It's like, it, it, it's a wonderful language. It's great that they sort of, they're bringing it back in. But it's also things that are going to affect Boimler's chances of promotion, which is basically the whole episode is just him failing at stuff. And, you know, now that he's been told he's getting a promotion. Oh, it's um, brilliant. Also, but, yes, Beth, fuck the Tories. Fuck the Tories. Fuck the Tories. My uh, co-worker did a lovely drawing, just <laughs> third tangent, did a lovely drawing um, during one of our work days. Uh, let me see if I can get that on there. It is a <laughs> punk seagull saying, fuck the Tories. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Fuck the Tories. So, yeah. so We they... can say that because Paul's not here. Yeah. Paul. So... Well, he is, but it's like Paul's not on the show, so we're allowed to say fuck the Tories. So... <laughs> The macroviruses escape. Mariner goes to Boimler, what the hell is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just, yeah. And he's he's so disinterested. And we get a lovely reference to um, those old scientists where she's like, oh, come on, you, you're sending on Voyager. This is a piece of history. This is nothing like that pike thing we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> I love that. That pike thing we aren't supposed to talk about. It's Referencing nice, them, the episode with them on Lower Decks. And it's just weird. It's just weird having but it's two nice, shows though. coming out at the same time, bouncing off each other. It's so but good. This is what we have not had with... I mean, we've, we've had it, but barely. But this is what we've not had with New Trek since 2017. Mm. Whereas the TNG era, they yeah, all coexisted actually. with each other and they would bounce off and they would talk and everything like that. We well, haven't you, really you had, had, you had that. had Quark appearing on uh, TNG. Yeah. You had, like, um, you had, like, Picard appearing on DS9. You had... Uh, the opening episode of Voyager where they're starting in DS9. It's, you know, and it's great to get that back rather than having these very separate things like the Kelvin universe was because the Kelvin was separate to Discovery and Discovery was separate to everything and then then brought Strange New Worlds into it and now Strange New Worlds is kind of bridging the gap with the other things. It's it's, it's nice though. I, 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 do like, I do like that. So... Um, back on the Cerritos, uh, Tillips is being scanned. As he's being scanned, Tillips is just like, "Oh, I could boost the range of that," and just starts going on. And he's just like, yeah. you know, "I, you know," uh, they they find out that obviously this is the same situation as Voyager faced with with Tuvix. Um, Tillin is very cautious about interacting with this new entity uh, to mm. Ellipse. Um, and Tendi states, you know, oh, it's fine. You know, he didn't ask to be created. And Tillips is just like, "Man, I'm glad to be alive." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally because all of us know exactly how this is going to yeah. end, and it's literally just like t- tulips just being like, "Oh, I'm so glad to be alive." I just I love the fact. <laughs> I love the fact that like Freeman's just like, "We could sort this." I'm going to go review Jamie's logs, and Shax is just like, "So, how much physical memories do you remember?" And then just to Ellipse's eyes, just like. Yeah, basically because uh, Shax, who is the head of security, who is a big bulking uh, Bajoran, uh, referencing DS9, um, is going out with the chief medical officer, who is a cat person. It's very awkward. They have a very violent, violently sexual love life, which is passionate passionate love life, (laughs) which is quite good because they're both absolute psychopaths. Uh, yeah, so I just love the idea that suddenly the engineer now knows exactly what Shaq's <laughs> his love life is like. 
I love that. And we get more of it in the second episode, which is just like, oh, Jesus. Um, I love it where they're literally like, oh, let's review the logs and see what Janeway did with this. It's just like, oh, they just flat out murdered him. And then uh, they're just like, oh, well, I hope that um, no one else checks this log. And then it cuts to Tulips literally checking the log, being like, they're going to kill me. Ah." Uh, Back on Voyager, we get a shot of the (sighs) salamanders from the episode <laughs> threshold um, have you got to threshold yet uh sarah skip uh, it pete um, it, no it's one of the best episodes it's canon um, i have a i have a big issue with threshold but i'm not going to get into it because that'll be another tangent <laughs> but uh, yeah they are spreading throughout the ship and we've seen these uh, exhibits throughout the ship one of them is the salamanders from threshold uh <laughs> one of the macroviruses smack the panel on the holodeck where they're like you know enabling chaotica clown michael sullivan and i'm like oh which, god it's sullivan which is this this made me so happy these yeah. are three of the random characters from voyager that are the most obscure references you could ever do well that's what boimler says he's like these are these are but these are void deep cuts and i'm like yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what it is and yeah. it made me so happy clown like, not as deep as my knife <laughs> yeah clown is one of the most like Possibly oh God, one yeah. of the yeah, I, I'd say one of the best episodes of Voyager. I'd say what? Because I would say that because Clown is literally so evil. Like Clown is on par with what's his name, oh, um, God. who killed Tashiar. I hate I hate clowns. That's the, that's the point though. The episode oh. is so bleak, uh, but it's basically like yeah. So it's wonderful that they bring Clown back, and then they also bring uh, Doctor Chaotica back. Which is uh-huh. an ongoing <laughs> reference from a uh, Voyager of like um, Harry Kim and Tom Paris's uh, Captain Proton deck, Captain Proton things, and then and the other one is the most obscure out of all of them, which is the Irish pub landlord from uh, what's it called? Hey, <laughs> Captain Proton. <laughs> Yeah, this is so brilliant. It's so brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, it is. It's, but then it's, the computer. I'm so happy with this. But then the computer, like, it, it, like brings him into life, and then there's like safety protocol set to random, and I'm like, why the fuck is that a feature? <laughs> but it's taking the piss. It's taking the piss and just going, what what could possibly go worse? Oh, okay. I love that because like. Because Mariner's like, why the fuck have you installed hollow emitters? And Tweakle's like, you know, I, I've done necessary modifications in the name of conservation. And then <laughs> Sullivan just kisses Mariner. And she's like, ooh, I like him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, but then we get, to, we get to Seven of Nine's cargo bay with the alcove. And then we just see a fucking microvirus with Carrie Kim's clarinet. And it's just honk, honk, honk. <laughs> No, but then even even better, it's going through uh, the Seven of Nines like bay and picks up loads of Borg nano drones. Yeah, it knocks over and an alcohol. One of the macroviruses gets assimilated, so it becomes a Borg macrovirus. Oh yeah, because ransom. Because at this point, ransom's going to boil me. Like, Your promotion is looking less and less likely. It's Fairhaven. Well done, Joe Border. Fairhaven. Totally, I love Fairhaven. Totally forgotten, but yes, it's the Irish bartender from. You, uh, you forgot Fairhaven. Computer, delete the wife. 
the, that um, gets referenced later that yeah. makes me laugh like that. Uh, back on the Cerisos, um, Freeman is reading up, as you said earlier, is reading up on uh, what happened with Tuvix. And she <laughs> Shax walks in and she's like, she just straight up killed her. <laughs> like, but but Shax, you know, Shax is sort of like the, the counter argument in this scene where it's like, yeah, but they were stranded in the Delta Quadrant. We are not. We have got Starfleet right mm. on our doorstep. We can just, you know, we could just go to Earth. I also love the fact where he's just like, he killed, she killed him? Holy shit, Janeway didn't mess around. And we're like, mm-hmm. Well, Girl got thing, coffee. Jan- Janeway literally has the hardest decisions to make and she doesn't make the best decisions. But the fact is she's in charge. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best thing you can do when you're literally leading people through their Delta Quadrant. But it's because I, I fully support uh, Jane May's decision because I think it's the only one that you could have done. Because the fact yeah. is, like, you've got to think outside of the context of things. Tuvix has a uh, tu, uh, Tuvok has a family. Tu, you know, Tuvok has a full family. Neelix has nothing. And it wasn't Neelix still with Kez at that point, or was it after? Yeah, that's questionable. So swiftly moving on from that. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it, like he did have his like, you know underage child bride space hmm. schofield continue <laughs> space oh christ okay. moving on we i hope paul can feel that money slipping away the demonetization bye bye <laughs> anyway go on bye bye cash <laughs> but yeah but yeah no, it's but i i absolutely love it and i love the fact that i don't know if it's in this scene or the next but you see one of the salamanders get assimilated and it's, he just has yeah. him walking around in the background with a fucking pork like eye on it. It's it's and after it's this scene. So it's after this scene because Freeman says, "Let's go to Earth. Let's let's take uh, to Ellipse back to Earth. Let's see what they can do because we can't just kill him." The next scene is Voyager where Tweakle is under the alcove that's been collapsed, and she's like, "Help me! I can feel it regenerating me." <laughs> and then when they lift it up. Uh, you see that the macro virus with the clarinet has now been assimilated. It legs it out, starts assimilating the ship, the ship's computer, and then uh, it starts generating more clowns, more Sullivans, more Chaoticas. They kidnap the crew, and then right at the end, you just see this assimilated robotic salamander just like walking across the I just I I don't know how with a mustache. Yeah, it, all of it is just absolute nonsense. And it's budget it crazy. Is, it is just I I think it's quite good though because obviously it's like you know we had a DS Nine episode in <laughs> in series three. We had all these little references. There's multiple references to quarks or like Ractogenos and stuff, and it does just feel like this is them going. Look, we need to get Voyager out of our system, and here it all is in one episode. It's Funny oh. as fuck. <laughs> On the Cerritos, we see that Ellipse has found out uh, what happened to Tuvix, and he's like, oh, fuck this. So he calls <laughs> he calls Dr. Miglimore, who is the ship's therapist, Dr. Miglimore, um, who is a bird. And um, one of the most useless characters in it. He's, he is the he's Lower the Decks Neelix. equivalent of Neelix. Yeah, yeah basically. He's, he's the Neelix of Lower Decks. Uh, calls him down because he's like, you know, I, I'm having trouble adjusting to my new life. And he's like, oh, don't do any self-actualization without me. Um... Freeman, <laughs> Freeman and Shax go to the quarters because uh, to Ellipse is freaking out about he's, he's he's pretending to have an existential crisis. Lures mm. Freeman in, gets Freeman trapped in a transporter that he's suddenly just constructed out of everything around his quarters. Throws mm. Miglymore into the pattern buffer with 
Freeman, and then, <laughs> and then he's just like, oh god, what does he say? Um, what does he call her? Um, rise, Captain Friggly Man. <laughs> Friggly Man. But, yeah, and basically he just goes on a on a thing of they've also pointed out that the, the medical term for this is called two vexing someone, to, oh. which is what they already know. And basically he just goes about by protecting himself by trying to two vex everyone in the crew. Yeah, because the next thing you see Tendi and Talin in Ten Forward, and Tendi's trying to have a moral conversation with Talin, and Talin's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just here mm. to hydrate. And then they hear phaser fire. And then you see like a hybrid shacks and, <laughs> you know, a, a hybrid like Frigley Man and stuff. And they're, they're essentially kidnapping the crew so they can be too vixed. Um, <laughs> Tendi and like Tillin sort of like hide away from them. Um, but back on Voyager, you see Ransom and uh, Rutherford splattered on astrometrics. Um, <laughs> and then you hear Sullivan going, oh, I miss my wife. And I'm like, it's yes! <laughs> Referencing one of the best quotes of Voyager, which is when Janeway go- goes to Fairhaven, when they create Fairhaven, Janeway basically meets this incredibly attractive Irish bartender who has a, who's married with a wife and says the line, D- computer, delete, delete the wife. The wife. <laughs> and then proceeds to uh, make make it with him. Uh, she is cold. Um, she's cold-blooded. She, she knows what she wants, Janeway. You can't, can't deny she's that. She's cold-blooded um, like a salamander. Yeah, but I just love that they've randomly got this Irish... <laughs> they've got Sullivan here, and he's just like, I would miss my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as as that as the holographic Sullivan leaves Astrometrics, Boimler, <laughs> who has not been captured, um, creeps out of one of the, uh, the Jeffreys tubes, and freeze because you've got Tweakle, Ransom and uh, Rutherford splattered and he's like I need an engineer freeze Rutherford and Ransom is going absolutely apeshit for him not freeing him they escape down to Jeffrey's tube and he's like we're going to have a long old talk about this (laughs) Um, oh yes just before that uh, what was it no hang on no no hang on he tries to uh, free Mariner and yeah he tries to free Mariner um, because you see Tweakle being taken away to the bridge and he's like, my career is ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Boimler confesses why he's feeling like he's feeling. Like Ransom said, I was going to be promoted, but I don't want the promotion because of what happened between us previously when he went onto mm-hmm. the Titan and took him months to build up that friendship again. And then him, him not believing her uh, when she was shipped off to Star, Starbase 80 in the, in the previous season where everyone believed that Mariner sort of shopped Captain Freeman. Yeah. And basically said she, she was running a shit ship. Uh, they both confess um, how they feel. Mariner says, you idiot, I'm the one that recommended you for promotion to Ransom. Mm. And says that you, have got, you don't need me. You've got big enough balls to go save the ship. He does yeah. that. So effectively, because Mariner is so badass, freeing her from, like, because basically the macrovirus has, like, gelled her to a wall effectively and that's why she's trapped but basically uh, and boimler's solution is always oh I'll, i won't do it myself i'll just get mariner to fix everything yeah. and mariner's like no no you need to do this yourself so effectively yeah and gives boimler the confidence on the pep talk to do it and he goes off and he frees rubberford and then yeah, they can actually do stuff to the ship effectively. On the on the Cerritos, Tate Ellipse is, is making his hybrid army 
um and he, he he blends the bartender with someone else and he's like look at these look at these people that he goes to like this is this is um what was it um Steve Whale. This is a hybrid of Steve Stevenson and Matt the Whale. And this just goes, I want a fish. Yeah. One of the characters, one of the crew members is a whale in yes. this, which is... Um, they have yeah. cetacean observations because in Star Trek, long being, <laughs> long being established in Star Trek, um, they use whales and dolphins as they are experts in navigation. Oh. So on the Enterprise D there was cetaceans observations uh, cetaceans op operations uh, which are essentially huge pools where um, these whales and dolphins can conduct their duties they are essentially starfleet officers but they are whales and dolphins don't get into it what's lower decks it reminds me of a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where it turns out the dolphins are the greatest species on earth <laughs> it's like yeah. so long and thanks for all the fish and then suddenly we have all of these like aquatic mammals in starfleet <laughs> because of uh which one is it star trek 4 with yeah, the whales the one with the whales yeah, yeah star trek 4 um yeah so back on we've already explained that <laughs> um <laughs> on the bridge of voyager We've got Borg Salamander in charge, changing the course of Voyager, <laughs> changing the course of Voyager to go to the nearest Borg cube. I, you know what I really want, Goodwill. I really what? want a Borg Salamander plushie. I really want them to release like lower decks Voyager Salamander plushies. Paramount. I would be so in for that. Paramount. First of all, pay your writers to so pay cute. your actors. Pay your writers to pay your actors. Secondly, we need a buttload of merch from season three of Picard and uh, season uh, four of Lord X. That's all mm. I'm going to say. And yep. Sinoise needs um, a salamander. I need a salamander, Borg. damn it. I need Moopsie. But we'll get to <laughs> oh, that. Oh, well, we'll get to Moopsie. We'll get to that. So, yeah, so Rutherford plans to break Voyager because yeah. they need to find a way to take control of the ship. Well, the, the problem is they can't take control of the ship because all of these holodeck clowns and uh, chaoticas and whatnot are basically in charge of everything, as are the Borg uh, salamanders <laughs> and macroviruses. Uh, so basically, Rutherford's plan is just to break the ship uh, in order to stop it all working. And how does he manage this? Well, we'll get to that because oh, the, next scene, yeah, okay. the next scene we see the... the the two vixing of the crew Tillin comes up with a plan uh, runs to the the nearest Elkar's computer and she's like oh Starfleet Starfleet transporters are so easy to circumvent um, isolates every two vixed character beams them to the brig however she's cocked up and everyone is now a meaty blob yeah it's it's kind of like she basically just goes oh I've taken control of the transporters so I could just un-two-vix everyone there but instead she decides to just teleport transport everyone into a holding cell and accidentally makes them just into this massive abomination this sort of like horrendous amalgam of everyone and it's just it's horrible it's horrible to look at and it's just sort of mindlessly sort of like yeah but they do come up, like they, drooling but they do come up with a plan when they beam it when they beam the blob to sick bay where Talin is like there are too many genetic codes to isolate the crew of the voyager only did it with one and then 
attendees using the modified tricorder that uh, to Ellipse had made, where it's like, this shit is so good, it like identifies personality traits. And she's like, look at this bit of meaty gloop. This is like, this is the captain. This is Ta'ana and stuff like that. And they come up with a plan where Talin isolates the genetic code of each area and then Tendi looks at the personality traits of that area and then they, they can isolate each area and separate everyone via transporter, which it is... is the epitome of Star Trek science. Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's science. science. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. On the bridge of the Voyager, though, you see Boimler and Rutherford sneak on as Captain Salamander Borg is monitoring... Boimler is discovered by Chaotic Air. He's like, any last words? <laughs> and yeah. Boimler just plays the part where he's like, I am the son of Captain Proton. And he's like, no, how could it be? And then Rutherford just pops up and goes, it worked. And then all the holograms start messing on, start going yeah. wrong, start bugging out. And then we see Clown going yeah. to stab Boimler before he's deactivated. And then Tweakle goes, yeah. what did you do? And Rutherford just goes, Neelix cheese! <laughs> yeah, so he's basically filled the entire ship with cheese again. Uh, what is... have you done to my beautiful ship? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they, they, they were meant to be keeping the ship clean, and then they've ended up just fucking up every single aspect of the ship. And it's amazing, but I, I really want to watch Voyager again just yeah. to get to the chaotic episodes, because there's probably only about four or five of them, aren't there? Not many. Yeah, there's only about Not four many. or five uh, Captain Proton episodes, but they are brilliant because of how silly and over the top uh, it's Dr. So Flash Chaotica Gordon. is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so Flash wonderful. Gordon. I love it. Next thing, we see Earth, a lovely picture of Earth, and then we see Voyager on the ground at Starfleet mm. headquarters, tourists going in and out. There is a new Boimler and Rutherford exhibit on how they saved Voyager with Neelix cheese. <laughs> Uh, Captain Freeman's doing a log where she's saying basically we are trying to get over the awkwardness of us all being blurred together, knowing our innermost desires, mm. and we are going to try and hide that with a promotion ceremony, where we <laughs> see the crew of the lower decks, Boimler, Talin, and Tendi, all being promoted to Lieutenant Junior Grade. They are getting their second. Where's my mm. Where's my neck? Their second pip. It's the getting... second black pip, isn't it? It's it a, is. It's a... That's how the ranks go. So you get. Uh, a gold pip for Ensign, gold and black for Lieutenant JG, gold and gold for Lieutenant, gold, gold, black for Lieutenant Commander, gold, gold, gold for Commander, and four uh, gold for Captain. Ah, wow. I love how you know this. And then when you become an evil admiral... You get to kill people. So, yeah... <laughs> They're doing a promotion ceremony. Boimler, Tillin, and Tendi all get promoted. Rutherford doesn't, but Rutherford doesn't seem that fierce. He's like, oh, they don't give promotions for destroying things, given the fact he's just filled a <laughs> ship full of cheese. Yeah, it would be a bit odd if they were like, well done on destroying Voyager. Here's a pip, yeah. However, as they are celebrating, and Mariner's like, let's go get some drinks. Ransom's like, and Beckett Mariner. Mariner has been promoted and she yeah. is furious about this. She <laughs> does not want to be promoted. She is the quintessential I am happy in my role. Yeah. She is so She she just doesn't want responsibility. She doesn't want anything to do with like, you know, 
uh, command or anything because she knows that it's going to tie her down and it's the last thing that she possibly wants. And so the episode ends with her getting promoted and, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because, but it's well, quite yeah, good, Chris... though, because obviously this is like, I, I think this is wonderful evolution over the course of the show where the characters are progressing because you kind of thought that Lower Decks was going to be like a show where it didn't really have long arcs or anything. But what mm. we're seeing over the series, over all the series, are like, you know, like, you know, it does have long lasting things. I mean, not Shaq's coming back to life, which was a weird one. The Black Mountain. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just still confused by that. They, no one ever dies in Star Trek, but, guys. But then the joke is that they don't explain it. And it's kind of like going, it's Trek stuff, you know. Well, they do explain it, but you just see people's faces change in horror as they realise what's been going on. Um, <laughs> Rans- uh, Mariner goes into Ransom's quarters, absolutely furious that she's being promoted. Ransom refuses to demote her, saying that basically... He refuses. He is going to take her under his wing. It's, you know, basically like it or lump it. Down in 10 forward, she's still absolutely fuming. But Beckett, uh, Mariner's sort of like, we're no longer lower decks. We're, you know, we're not ensigns. And and Boimler's like, yes, we're not sleeping in the bunks and this, that and the other. But we are the lowest middle officer <laughs> range and we still do the grunt work without all the benefits so we are still technically uh, lower decks the final scene is on a Klingon bird of prey which is promoting a, a random area of space yeah. we see two Klingons basically bitching at each other to the point <laughs> where they're about to kill each other but the captain um, alerts the crew that there's an unidentified ship the unidentified ship Grim looks like Krusty the Clown and I'm going to say <laughs> that now, it looks like a clown face. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't when it pick tips, that up. When but, uh... it tips forward, it looks like Krusty the Clown. Okay. Anyone who's looking on the video, you will see when it scrolls across the mysterious ship, it will look like Krusty the Clown, and you will I, all go, I, that is Krusty the Clown. I don't think it does. I'm looking at it now. That's It's, uh... it's Krusty the Clown. Okay. I'm going to say that because you might get violent. So, yes, it looks the like Krusty the Clown. The mysterious ship doesn't answer any hails. <laughs> It's charging mm. weapons, and before the Klingons could fire, they are completely and utterly destroyed. And that's how the first episode ends. I think it's quite good because it kind of sets up what is going to be a, a bigger arc in the yeah. series, which is quite good because it sets them up. So basically, they're getting promoted. Uh, they've got a lot of fan service out the way, and there's this new threat that's a, can kill a Klingon ship immediately, which is quite fun. Before and that takes on the next one, but... Uh, I just want to say, though, I absolutely adored this episode. I love this episode. It was the perfect level. It wasn't just fan service. Like, mm-hmm. it was tons of fan service, but it was done in such a fun and engaging way. And also continuing plot lines that we loved, like the Tuvix conundrum and that kind of debate that's still at the heart of Star Trek. I just think everything about it was fantastic. I absolutely it was loved a- it. It was a fantastic episode. I am not denying that. But the second episode was my favourite out of the two. Mm. Just before we get into that, who suggested this? Yes. Lee has suggested that we need team podcast plushies. Just buy an egg. Just buy an egg and stick a moustache on it and that's me. You don't need a plushie. Find a Harry Potter plushie and just put a Starfleet uniform on it. Episode... It's the boy who lived. 
Hold on, hold on. Can we can we just have a quick honk break? Oh, do we want a honk break? Yeah, come on, guys. Let's have a quick honk break. Honk. Right now, back to it. Honk, honk, honk. Clarinet break. Over. That's what all of the uh, on a Gisian ship. That's what all the uh, computer systems do. Like, yeah. All of the door noises. Honk, are... honk. <laughs> <laughs> Second episode. I have no bones yet. I must flee. The scene Which I opens. absolutely love. Like, do you know what that's a reference to? This episode. No, no, but the the term. It's no. it's a reference to a very famous horror uh, sci um science fiction horror story called I I have no mouth and I must scream. Oh. Uh, which is a brutal, brutal horror story. It's a short story, but then they made video games of it because it's so iconic. But it's it's hilarious because it's basically about set thousands of years into the future when humanity is entirely dead, but there's only like five beings still in existence and an evil AI basically that's risen out of humanity, an AI that controls everything keeps them perpetually alive, won't let them die, and then tortures them by oh. using their own fears against them. It's a horrendous story, but it basically plays into like what humanity is, the threat of AI, and it's all quite relevant to today, I think. But but it's quite good that literally this episode has bits that, you know, play on it, but then also it's just wonderful to have another amazing sci-fi reference. Is is, is is this a reference to what would happen if we transferred the consciousness of Jacob Rees-Mogg into a computer? <laughs> no, no, that's called a uh, cash machine. Moving on. <laughs> but slightly uh, with less personality. Um, but, Moving on. The the, yeah, um, yep. the the hilarious thing is also, um, I've forgotten the name, but uh, it is, I have no mouth. Hold on, I, I'm going to Google it. I have no mice. It's written by Harlan Ellison, who I totally forgot the name of, who is one of the sci-fi writers who contributed writing Babylon 5. Yeah, so not everyone does good things. Um, but <laughs> No, they were good episodes. But yeah. So it's, it's quite it's quite good just to get this little sort of, you know, lo lovely little sci-fi references in Lower Decks. <laughs> The episode opens with a fantastic reference straight away as we see a Romulan vessel warping in. The Romulan vessel looks a bit weird because it's vertical. This straight away is a callback to the Andrew Probert concept of the Deendrix class Romulan warbird we see in the next generation, where the wings were going to be uh, vertical before they flipped them to the horizontal. So they have made. I did not know that. They have made an extremely niche reference canon <laughs> extremely niche that is really this, I, this I, literally I existed this literally existed as a pencil sketch on a piece of paper in probert's office and they made it canon that's how it, deep lower decks goes but that's how good lower decks is where it just has all these random things where it just goes yep that's canon now we made that like like you know like picard did with the enterprise um but I do love that this scene literally is just loads of Romulans being Scheming. the most stereotypical Romulans ever. Where it's two two Romulans uh, on tidy up duty, all talking about how they're all going to betray each other and how they're going to betray the captain. I've been betraying him how first. How sneaky they are. Yeah, and how, how they're going to betray each other first. And it's just, 
But then the captain so is dumb. like, the captain uh, orders them to the bridge because this unknown vessel is like, and he's like, can we just sort this out? I want to get back to find out who's betraying me and schemes. And yeah, I'm just like, like, I've got to get back everyone to is paranoid. Story. Yeah, everyone is paranoid and everyone is backstabbing everyone else on this Romulan <laughs> ship. And I'm like, yep, them's be the Romulans. That's it. Um, it's the most, like the, the, or what do you call it? The, oh, you know, the, 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 Stereotypical Romulan. It's so yeah, good. I love it. It's so cliche. However, the mysterious uh, the mysterious vessel in question is again Krusty the Clown, that vaporizes them, leaving only little bits of wreckage and a lovely Romulan symbol drifting across the screen. <laughs> and they're like, Ooh. which is exactly what happened to the Klingon vessel in the end bit of the last show. This is a this is a threat, guys. Back <laughs> on the Cerritos, though. We get a lovely little callback to the TNG episode, The Price, where we see Ransom and Shax exercising in Crusher and Troy's leotards. <laughs> Doing the exact sense. move. The exact yeah. moves they did in the TNG episode. It's, it's uh, Peaches, you watched uh, TNG. You will remember this episode where Troy and Crusher are exercising in, in very colourful leotards in Have a I gymnasium. Put it in this there? literally just has two two of the male characters, two of the, the henchest male characters in the same leotards. And it's just a bizarre reference. But going like... on about uh going on about Shax's uh, love life with Ta'ana, where he's like, Oh, I'm struggling. She she hid under the bed last night, she wouldn't come out and answer's like, Have you tried like scratching on the duvet and go Because obviously Ta'ana's a cat and he's like, Of course I have And he's just like fucking hilarious. But then Shax asks Ransom, uh, how is it going with the new promotions? And yeah. he's like, oh, it's fine, except Mariner, but Mariner <laughs> won't be uh, my problem for long, not realising that Mariner, who was about to do some exercises in the gym, has overheard them. So she storms off back to the bunks, absolutely fuming, as the rest of the Lodex crew are packing up their bunks to move to their individual uh, quarters, because they have been promoted. Um... <laughs> Mar um, Boimler is going on about how he's going to miss uh, being with everyone because obviously in Lower Decks they all sleep in like a corridor where they're all just yeah. bunks and Boimler's like, yeah, I'm going to They basically dating. just have bunk beds for all yeah. of the crew members and stuff. And and Boimler is going to miss the dent that he's made with his head every time there's been a red alert and he's like, oh, goodbye, denty. I'm like, how hard did you hit your head, dude? Yeah, literally, he sits up too quickly, stots his head off the top of his bunk, but then it's actually caused a crater in the top of the bunk. And they ask Mariner, like, why are you not packing up? She's like, there's no, you know, there's no point because I'll just be demoted back here anyway. And then she just explains that she thinks that, you know, Ransom is just setting her up to fail and that she's just going to be demoted back down, but he won't give her the satisfaction. She won't give him the satisfaction. So she's going to be, um, what, what did she, she, she was going to be become an insubordination supernova. And she's just <laughs> basically going to be the most insubordinate she can be so that he just demotes her back down to Ensign. Um, as they are about to leave, they say to Rutherford, are you coming? Oh, no, wait, you're not an... They, they forgot that he hadn't been promoted. Yeah. And this is the first instance we see where Rutherford is starting to get sad because he won't have his friends around him. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just get a promotion today. I'll just come up with some engineering <laughs> miracle. And they're just like, I don't think it's as easy as that. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, no, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. 
we we sets up we sets up the the second plot line of this episode. So we have what the main plot line, which is about a menagerie, and then we have the second plot line, which is Rutherford trying to get promoted and trying to do everything he can to impress uh, his boss, and something gets in the way of it. Which is, I think, it's wonderful when you get these two. What do we do with all the characters in this episode? It's a good A B uh, plot. This yeah. this this uh, this episode because. The, the next scene is, is literally explaining the main plot, which is Mariner with, has been tasked with uh, training new Ensign, Ensign Gary. No, guys, not Gary the Ferengi. As fuming as I was, this is Gary the Human. Uh, tasked mm -hmm. with taking Ensign Gary to a menagerie, yeah. which is an orbit of a planet, uh, which is, as Mariner explains, is essentially an alien zoo run by aliens that have mysteriously, like, uh, you know, accidentally scooped up a couple of humans <laughs> into their menagerie. So it's our job to sort of whisk them out. And Gary's like, they do that? And she's like, oh, it happens more than you think, but they just give them back and it's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, this All... is a reference to the first Pike episode, The Menagerie, isn't it? the the cage the cage yeah the cage but obviously they pike the comes back in the episode yeah. the menagerie uh and it's just this idea of these aliens with a penchant for collecting other species and having a space zoo effectively a so this episode zoo. is taking the mick out of that ransom is not very happy because mariner has rocked up in her gym clothes and she's like i'm just keeping it super cage start calling him jack and Gary's like, wait, when you're Lieutenant JG, you can call him Jack. And she's like, ah, we've got a super casual relationship. Isn't that right, Jackie? Just doing like, everything she can to, to piss, piss him, him off. off and get demoted. Yeah. Um, Gary gets worried because he's like, you know, oh, you know, this is this is a zoo full of dangerous animals. And it's like, ah, oh, don't oh, And he starts pulling out a phaser. And it's like, whoa, this is, there is a strict no phaser policy on this menagerie. Um <laughs> Back at um, back on the Cerritos, uh, Boimler's going towards his quarters and he's talking to his Mirror Universe Archer action figure. And I'm just like, I'm so he's so one of us. He's he's me just with figures. Um, yeah. Enters his quarters to realise that his quarters faces directly above the uh, starship's nacelle, um, which uh, not the nacelle, the the edge of the nacelle, which is the Basad ramp scoop, which is the the mm. red bit. The glow's red, and he can't yeah. see a thing. He cannot see a thing. He's yeah. blinded. The, by the, the entire light. room is bright red, and he can't see anything because it's the only thing outside the window. Back on the <laughs> shuttle, Mariner and uh, the away team leave. Mariner again decides she's just going to be insubordinate as fuck. Kicks the shuttlecraft into high gear and essentially speeds towards the 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 docking bay of this zoo. Drifts the shuttle and lands expecting ransom to be absolutely furious about what she's done and he's just like that was some awesome flying lieutenant and gary's just <laughs> sat there going i need new pants yeah i need to replicate new pants <laughs> but i think i think the, the hilarious thing is literally she is doing everything she can to get demoted and he is doing everything he can not to get angry at her so he's praising every time that she in, is insubordinate <laughs> and so it's literally just she just keeps ramping it up and he just keeps going oh well done yeah <laughs> just not giving her the satisfaction of kicking off at her, yeah. which is absolutely hilarious when they get to the the menagerie they are uh, met by nas who is not a <laughs> he's bipedal calling. 
he's he's corn. He's essentially a tree. <laughs> just sentient corn. He's just a yeah, corn, he's... like you know, a corn stalk. Nice explain. And a monocle, doesn't he? Doesn't he have a monocle? No, he's got glasses. He's got glasses. He's got glasses. Because yeah, <laughs> he's, he's short-sighted corn. Um, so dumb. Corn hub. He, um... Ex- <laughs> it's better than Gorn hub. We agree to disagree on that one. Um, he explains that the humans were accidentally scooped up uh, when they were retrieving some other bipedals. Um, and Ransom's like, don't worry about it, sir. I brought my best team with with me. And Mariner's like, oh, come on, you are taking a piss now. Best <laughs> team? Really? And Gary's like, what? Are you guys breaking up or something like that? And she's like, no, he's yeah. just trying to set me up to fail. He's going to make me do something and I'm going to fuck up and he's going to drag me through the coals and I'm going to get demoted. Um, did you because notice we find out that mariner has been promoted and immediately demoted multiple times and yeah well so she, she has because it's referenced all the way through the series as well yeah yeah that's it and it's this idea where it just keeps happening where you know and we don't quite know the cause for it so over the course of the episode we get why did you see kind of. the orb with the three snakes hanging out of it which was a callback yes, to tng I couldn't, I couldn't remember what it was a reference to but i yeah, know TNG. it was yeah, which was, one i can't for the life of me remember because i saw it i knew it was a reference to something but i really couldn't place what it was yeah but i love serpents. it yeah yeah um as they are going though we get to see all the exhibits and <laughs> we get to introduce to my new favorite character of all time that i oh. do want a plushie of we get to see the moopsie <laughs> that which literally is, goes it comes up on the little it's the little it's the white little white Pokemon. Thing. Yeah. I'm going to say it this now. This is the closest Star Trek is ever going to get to having actual Pokemon. Because it it's Moopsie. called Moopsie, and he says, Moopsie. <laughs> yeah. It is the cutest goddamn animal in Star Trek. It beats Tribble's hands down. <laughs> there it is. Oh, look at him. Moopsie. Moopsie. It purrs, it looks cute, it's got a waddle. It's got a waddle. All the while, Mariner is trying to call out Nas, uh, Nas for having this zoo, for capturing these animals. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you're doing, you're capturing these animals for your own entertainment, for your own profit, which, you know, we're, we're, it's a real it's issue. Fact of she's trying to, you know, they're in these very delicate sort of peace talk, well, not peace talks, but basically sort of diplomatic situation with him. And she's just like, so you run a prison then? And he's like, no, 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 it's a menagerie. And she's like, it's a prison, <laughs> you know. And basically just like trying her best to destroy the relationship with him so that she will piss uh, Ransom off and get demoted. But at this, as this scene ends, we do see Mariner looking at Moopsie and just like, hmm. And then it goes on to the next scene, which yeah. is the um, the Cerritos where Tendi is talking to Rutherford and she's trying to basically advise Rutherford not to pressure himself to rush to get to a promotion as it could take yeah. years. But Rutherford is like, it's fine. I've been working on this issue. I've been working on these problems. I'll get a promotion in no time. Goes to Billups where he's like, uh, Commander Billups, I've been working on this issue for the last year where I can reduce the um, the uh, warp manifold vibration by 0.05%. And Billups is like, really? And Rutherford's like, yes! And he's like, no, 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 because uh, Ensign Levick has reduced it by 0.06%. And, and, and it turns like, out who's, that who's Levick? <laughs> yeah, 
It turns out that there's a new ensign who's just arrived and he's an absolute prodigy. So basically, yeah. like, and it turns out that he's actually just fixed that problem and made it better in like the space of five minutes since arriving. And then we, we know we then just get with them going, Levick. <laughs> yeah, we, we get a, a running gag for this episode where basically Rutherford is just like, Levick! Levick! <laughs> Um, back in Bombler's quarters, he finds the uh, his red glasses, which we use in the original series episode for the Medusans. And he's like, oh, that's not that better. And as he puts them on, Billups is like, ooh, let's try out Levick's new protocol now. I can't wait to see it. Does it. And it just increases the brightness of the Ram scoop. And he's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so basically, Boimler finally finds a solution to the red light by putting the glasses on and then they increase the power to it and it becomes too bright for the glasses <laughs> so it does nothing anymore and it's like oh. back in the menagerie Nas is uh, organising the uh, retrieval of the humans and Ransom's like oh I know it must be hard losing your most profitable exhibits and Nas is just like mm, no it isn't the swamp gobblers over there are the most profitable one we, we, it, it's quite good though because we get to see the humans in their exhibit and it's literally just these humans in a glass case with, with like the sort of typical sort of human scene behind them or whatever and they're just sitting there just chilling out you know? now i've got a question for you hmm. would you be part of that exhibit if your life well, that... was just to relax and be fed no i'd go nuts <laughs> so i'd be like i haven't made anything today <laughs> i'd be like i haven't built anything and obviously, it'd be really boring for people to watch me just constantly making things or constantly what, what doing if, things. What if, as part of the exhibit, you were like, here is a human. No, no, sorry. <clears throat> here is a Geesian. He is called <laughs> Sonoise. He builds Warhammer figures and paints he, he, them. He does everything. Like I can't think of anything worse than having to relax. I was like, they're, they're, I, I really related to the uh, the Lower Decks episode in, was it season three? Where, yeah, where the engineering crew get forced to go and relax and they just fail. And that ends up they, they end up giving the captain a heart attack because they're pretending to relax, but actually they're fixing engineering stuff like on the sly. Guys because that's there. how they relax. That's me. It's like if someone said, like I, I remember when I went on holiday, I forced myself, I was so stressed, I forced myself to go on holiday uh to like where was it? It was like Spain or something. And I was at the hotel and I tried sunbathing and I managed 10 minutes and then oh I started God. writing an RPG gaming system. So I filled like a notepad full of like notes on how the magic system would work and how the sort of character creation and stuff would work. That's what I was doing on a sunbed because it was so impossible for me to actually just lie there in the sun because it was so boring. I have probably gone eight months without a pit stop um and this this leave i've got in america is my first time in eight months that i'm going to actually relax but i know full yeah. well i won't switch off <laughs> it's very yeah. hard for, for people who who do what we do uh you in particular because you are the hardest working person in the northeast of england but for people like us who don't know how to switch off and just like finish one thing and move on to another, it's very hard to just do nothing. Mm. And it, you know, people say to me, "You need to sleep," and I'm like, "I don't know how." Well, we're laughing. Um, on the girl podcast, uh, we had 
Uh, the last episode that we just put out the other day was with the American singer-songwriter John Duff. And we had this wonderful little moment where I was explaining how busy I was and he was explaining how busy he was. And he was like, isn't it wonderful what capitalism does to society where yeah. your only self-worth is what you can actually do and what you can actually produce, you know, for other people. And it's like going, yeah, that is kind of de depressing that it does, your self-worth is based upon achievement you know <laughs> i showed my friend friend at work um because obviously i wear a, a smart watch mm. and i was showing my friend at work my sleep pattern and uh she was like how can you operate on three hours sleep on a daily basis and i just went mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's it because you just you can't switch off even when i don't have caffeine i, I can't switch off like it's i love doing this i absolutely love doing mm. this i think it's just you just don't know how to switch off sometimes and you don't know how to relax and sometimes you just have to be forced um, yeah so yeah so guys in the chat guys in the comments below would you if you were just going to relax and eat all day be part of this menagerie yeah. let us know would you like to live in a zoo if you were looked after and uh fed <laughs> As we are looking at the Swamp Gobblers, which have been mentioned as his highest uh, profit-making exhibit, it pans down to see a little white blob looking at the Swamp Gobblers. Blob. Oh my God, it's Moopsy. And Moopsy <laughs> is free. And Nas looks and goes, holy fuck, Moopsy's free. <laughs> and Ensign Gary, I don't know if you noticed this, Ensign Gary's just sat there, have you seen it? He's just like, I'm going to Moopsy. And like Mariner's going, well, what's the problem? It's only a cute little thing. And he's just like, no, that's Moopsy. He is dangerous as fuck. He drinks bones. And Ransom and Mariner are just like, how the fuck can he bones. how the fuck can he drink bones? And you just see this cuddly little thing open a grate, go into the exhibit, and literally drink the fucking bones of this swamp gobbler. And everyone's like, it's holy like a, It's basically fuck. a velociraptor thing, and he just sucks yeah. the bones out of it. And it's like, everyone just goes, holy fuck. And they just leg it. And at the end of it, at the end of Moopsy, he sucked these swamp gobblers right. He's just like, Moopsy. Yeah. I fucking love Moopsy. Oh, I, am, I am all about the Moopsy right now. <laughs> um, back, on, back on the Cerritos, though, Rutherford is again working to try and get this promotion and he's working on these very familiar tubes which have been featured in every single yeah. incarnation of star trek since the wrath of khan mm. fact right and we finally find out after 41 years <laughs> that these are called the tucker tubes named after trip tucker from star trek enterprise mm. And he's like, and some, uh, Commander Billups, I've increased the, the efficiency of the Tucker tubes. And Billups is like, that's great. However, Levick has installed a third tube and he's called it the Billups tube. This is incredible. I don't even know what these things do. And Rutherford's <laughs> just like, Levick. <laughs> yeah, this ongoing gag here. It's so good. Like, oh, it's absolutely incredible. Again, Boimler gets moved to new quarters with the help of Shax. And he's like, yeah. oh, this quarters would be better. It's in the middle of two holodecks. Maybe a bit noisy, but don't worry. Anyway, Boimler, yeah. I'm off to run, uh, to play a Robin Hood with Ta'ana. You see so, Captain so Freeman going into another deck as well? His plot 
his plot is basically that he's trying to find suitable quarters and he keeps getting dodgy ones. And basically, this one, it's between two holodecks. We know exactly what's going to happen. And then we have the two of... Uh, who do, who goes into the second one? Uh, we get Captain Freeman on the left and then we get yeah. uh, Ta'ana and Shax on the right. So Ta'ana and Shax are, are recreating Robin Hood, mm. uh, but just end up straight up... Yeah. Where it literally has Tana like punching the fuck out of Robin Hood, which we can overhear, and then going, I'm Robin Hood now. Yeah, just <laughs> it descends to fucking. And then when yeah. Boimler moves the uh, moves the bed to the other side, it's Captain Freeman where she's like, as president of the United Federation of Planets. And he ends <laughs> up just being in the middle and he's like, he can't move. He doesn't know what to do. And it, the noise <laughs> is just way too loud for him. Um <laughs> But Boy, he's going to overhear everyone doing horrible things in the hollow suites on either side of him. Oh, God. Ugh. Going back to the uh, menagerie, the, the crew have managed to seal themselves into a room where Moopsie is banging on the door trying to get to them. And there's a little squeak and it lands on its little bum. And he's like, <laughs> and he tries it again. And I'm like, you are so fucking adorable, but deadly, but so fucking adorable. <laughs> um, and Mariner pulls Nars and he's like, you know, oh, wise decision having a policy of zero weapons on a zoo full of deadly animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you have a point. And then it descends into an argument between Ransom and Mariner, uh, where basically... Ransom starts pulling up Mariner on all of his shit and vice versa. And Mariner starts off by basically saying that Ransom is deliberately trying to set her up to fail so that she can be demoted again and he can humiliate her and drag her through the coals. And Ransom's just like, well, no, you have got a history of being promoted and then sharply being demoted by your superior officers when you give them shit. Why do you do that? Why do you get demoted? And then it makes Mariner realise she doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's just, and, it's, and, and it's just like this idea where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where she's she feels so she feels like she's being gaslit to the point where she's messing everything up for herself and then getting demoted again and then she's blaming everyone else for it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why do I do this? <laughs> But then he, Jack makes her self-realise that she has been doing that all of her life. And, mm. and, you know, it's subconsciously she doesn't know what, like, consciously she doesn't know why she's been doing it. And then she goes, well, I heard you were going to get rid of me. And he was like, no, I am, I am not going to let you get to me. I'm not going to let you make me get rid of you. Like, mm. your shit is not going to work on me. You are stuck with me. Yeah. Um, all <laughs> while all this is going on, though, <laughs> Moopsy breaks into the room <laughs> through a ventilation grate, and it's just like, Moopsy. <laughs> You're obsessed with Moopsy. Like. I love Moopsy, but he breaks in and it's like, drinks start, like latches onto Nash and he's like dude you don't have bones and then they realise oh shit he is full of bones he, Nash he's like drunk. I'm ossified <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Nash even though he's just, just gets, a stick of corn yeah but he gets drank to death essentially yeah. they leg it out 
uh, of the room, sealing in Moopsy, and they're like, oh, thank God, Moopsy is locked in a in a room, that's fine. And then they realise that the room he's locked into is the fucking control room for the entire station. And Moopsy <laughs> yes. being Moopsy, the cute little lovable murderer that it is, starts walking along the controls, which leads to the ship's orbit descending into the planet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Moopsy's just so fucking badass, I love it. But Moopsy's not doing it deliberately, though. It doesn't have that no. level of intelligence. It just randomly no. on the control pad and causes the ship to start just crashing. Oh, so goddamn fucking cute. <laughs> Back on the Cerritos, we find that Boimler is now sleeping in a Jeffrey's tube because it is quiet. There is no people. There is no He's light. got his it's figures dark. there. He's got his figures He's... there that won't stay up. It is dark. But then Rutherford comes across and he's like, oh, hi, and he's, what are you doing here? And he's just like, oh, this is where I live now. What are you doing here? I'm trying to look for efficiency so I can get promoted. And Bobby was like, oh, well, good luck, because another ensign came through 30 minutes ago. And again, Levick. <laughs> Levick. Levick. Um, <laughs> on the station, Gary is still freaking out. Um, Mariner offers to sacrifice herself. Uh, she offers to climb back into the control room to face Moopsy to lead him out so that while Moopsy is chasing her, they can get into the control room and somehow it's save fine. the station. Uh, and they're like, well, it's, you know, it's a slim enough chance, but you know, it's either that or we plummet into the planet. So she's like, I'd rather... Again, showing, although she hates... You know, she doesn't hate being... Although she doesn't want to be promoted or anything like that, she shows that she is Starfleet through and through because she is sacrificing herself for others. Mm. It's a selfless act. And... This is the thing. It's the, the thing. The wonderful thing about Mariner's character is that she is probably one of the best of Starfleet. She just doesn't want to be. She, like, want to she could be the next Picard. She could be the next Janeway. And instead, because she is, she's amazing in combat situations. She can definitely think for herself. She's an amazing survivalist, uh, you know, amazing tactician. And yet she just doesn't. She just doesn't apply herself. She refuses to do any responsibility whatsoever. And it's quite nice to have a character like that, because I think the closest we've got is obviously, like we were saying in Captain's uh, Holiday, uh, is Vash. Yep. Like Vash is one of those characters where they could be great. They could be the best archaeologist in the entire galaxy. And she's like, no, nope, I'm going to be a criminal. You know, it's like, no, nope, I'm just going to get money. It's it's Mariner is, is very refreshing, but she she also shows that when she can be, she can be the best officer that the Cerritos yeah. has. And this is a, you know, she's going to sacrifice herself. Ransom goes absolutely apeshit, refuses her to do that. And She's like, we've got no other option. It's either this or we all plummet to our death. At least if I do this, there's a slim chance that you can stabilise the station and you can all survive. And she's like, I'd rather have Moopsy drinking my bones than anyone else. And then Ransom comes up with a plan. And he's like, bones, that's it. All the while, so this, this cute as fuck <laughs> animal is jumping against the window. And he's just like, yeah, ah, ah. <laughs> trying to get in. And Ransom is like, that's it. Mariner, punch me. And she's just like... Uh. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. Punch me. And she just straight up left hooks the fucker. Yeah. Knocks his teeth clean out. And then he goes, that's the idea. I can lure him. Because so, obviously... So the, the plan is, basically, for Mariner to punch all of Ramson, Ransom's teeth out so that they can lay a trap using the bones to trap Moopsy. Which is like... 
nothing, nothing else but lower decks could have. That but then he just got ransom holding up the teeth and moves. He's going, ah, I, <laughs> I fucking love it. So that's that's their plan. Uh, back on the Cerritos, Rutherford is now absolutely desperate to get this promotion he's been running himself ragged and he's like i can i can increase the efficiency of the replicators by nine millicochrons this will be great this will get me the promotion tendy is absolutely worried at this point yeah. here, uh, about it he follows rutherford into engineering as they enter engineering goes to speak to billups and billups is like yeah yeah your plan could have to wait it's the promotion ceremony this Levick is being promoted. He's already been here five minutes and he's already got Lieutenant James. Yeah. This just <laughs> devastates Rutherford. Absolutely devastates him. And Tendy can see this. And Rutherford, the main reason Rutherford wants to do this is because he wants to spend time with his friends again. Yeah. Because when they're not staying together anymore, because they're all officers and have their own quarters, uh, he's just on his own now. So he's he wants to get own. promoted to so be Tendi, with them. Tendy pulls rank makes him stand to attention and orders rutherford to spend as much time with her and the rest of the gang as he as he does and she's like mm. e, that's my first order <laughs> and they hug and he, he just he i love the fact that he he opens up to tendy this is a good love story if there ever was one where he's opening Wait. up it's it's well, i know it... it's i know it's not a love story but it's a love yeah. story of friendship where he's like yeah i love these people so much i love tendy so much I miss spending that time and it makes me sad. Yeah. And I love the fact that Tendy's just like, fuck this. Bellaps! <laughs> Can't rather oh, no, have no, a promotion no. too. She, she just says, she just says, like, she just points out to him, like, hey, didn't you get offered promotion like <gasps> five no. times beforehand? He's, he says, he says, oh, it makes me kind of sad that I turned down all those other promotions in the past. And she's like, yeah. what? And he's like, yeah, I've been ported like five, like, They've asked me yeah, to be promoted like five times, five but I've times and turned them down because he wanted to stay with her because she wasn't promoted. And now yeah. they're in the opposite situation. And I just love that she she just goes like, well, hang on. Can't he just ask for a promotion then if you've already had like several requests and turned them down? And then yells at Billups like, hey, can Rutherford have a promotion because of that time he fixed the hole? And Billups is like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah that makes sense. Ping. <laughs> Flings the <laughs> flings the pip over. Uh, Rutherford gets his Lieutenant JG, and I love the fact that Billup scores. Sorry, Levick, there'll be another time. And then Levick at the end of scores. I love it. Rutherford and also Tendy. I, I love it. Where it's literally the the flip round of it, where it's like Rutherford and also Tendy. <laughs> it's, it's just, but that's the fun thing about Lower Decks, where this character has not existed before. They've just been introduced into this one episode and then already they've got like you know they're not going to appear again most likely but then they've got like running gags with them they've got a turnaround on the running gag it's it's beautifully written it's so good back on the station though moopsy has been lured with the ransom's teeth i never thought i would say that sentence ever moopsy has been lured back into his habitat by ransom's teeth they shut it and they are relieved you see ransom going Ooh, this good game now you know she's like and to think i only needed 10 teeth but she has knocked the fuck out of all yeah, of she's teeth. knocked all of them out all of these teeth they said they stand relieved but then they start to realize well it how did Moopsy get out? They go to speak to the humans, which are next door to the Moopy, uh, the Moopsy habitat. And Mariner is looking and she's going, 
why is that parasol upside down behind the human? There is a panel on the wall that is decorated with a parasol and you can see that it's upside down. The human shits herself, trips, the panel falls off and she's like, oh no you didn't. Did you rewire the moopsie door? Because it flings <laughs> open and they leg it to shut it again. Yeah, so basically the, the panel in the human container... Uh containment cell basically controls whether or not Moopsy gets out. It's <laughs> fucking insane. Oh. But the next scene explains that the humans in the menagerie saw how profitable the the menagerie was for Nas, so they wanted to kill Nas and take over the menagerie for their own. So as a punishment, Cerritos leaves them there for the next ship to come eventually to pick them up and you just see these two humans just sat there and the kids like knocking on the the, the <laughs> falls field with them um uh ransom has got his new set of gnashes new but set of dentures. He, he's, he's got his new set of teeth and uh and the medical officer is like oh the veneers will set in but it'll take a it'll take a couple of days so basically he just has the <laughs> the, the ross from friends glowing smile yeah i shouldn't look directly bright. at them <laughs> yeah um, and it's yeah it's, it's just a really silly thing and he's just sitting there like <laughs> but i love the fact that him and mariner make up and he's just like you know no more uh insubordination like please mm. do not pull the insubordination trick on me again you know i'm here to help you i'm not going to pull any of the tricks that your previous uh seals have done boimler and rutherford uh are teaming up for a room finally because they are hoping that if they bunk together that they will get a better room they open the door and it's a it's a quarters next to the Basad collectors again and Boimler's like oh my god not again and Rutherford's just like huh, it's bright the red they can't yeah. see anything huh the nacelle oh well let me just uh, dim the window and he just does that and you can just see Boimler snap and he's just like I could have done that the whole time <laughs> and then Rutherford's just like oh hey it's gonna be cool you bunking I hope you don't mind me sleeping up all night uh, tinkering with stuff and immediately starts sparking Boimler with <laughs> things and as Boimler gets a spark he twats his head on the bunk and he just makes a dent and he's just like huh realising <laughs> that he's home it's just it's, it, the thing is both of these episodes have been absolutely wonderfully written they are perfect examples of like you worry as a show goes on that it's going to get worse or that yes. it's not going to be as good and Lower Decks is something where it's been I think season one kind of relied on cameos a bit because obviously it had the big Riker cameo. It had like it was Tom Paris, wasn't it? In that was one, the but yeah, second series, was it? Or third series. But it, I, I felt like it was like, hey, look, we've got cameos and stuff. But then like this is just its own thing. Like the fact that it can go, hey, we're just going to double down on the Voyager references for one episode and make a really funny one. But then in this one where it's just like original characters like Moopsie, like Livic, like it's just brilliant. This is I will say like I will reiterate again, this is my favourite out of the two because this is as lower decks as lower decks can be. Mm. It doesn't need cameos. It's got the references where it needs the references. It introduces new things like Moopsie mm. and it's just it is batshit crazy, but it does that thing where it's just like Star Trek things where it's just Star Trek science. And it's just, it focuses on the crew and it focuses on their relationships, whether it be Rutherford mm. and Tendi or Ransom and Mariner. 
but it just has yeah. that insane element to it where you've just got this cute little Pokemon devouring the bones of everyone around it. And and it's also quite good because it's like this this one's demonstrated that you don't need all the characters nope. to make it worthwhile. Like mm-hmm. the same way that sort of, you know, previous Star Trek works where it's an ensemble cast, but you go, hey, we're not going to have Paris in this episode. We're not going to have like sort of Riker in this episode. And, you know, like Tendi and Boimler don't really do much in this episode. Like Tendi does very little and Boimler has his little subplot about trying to find a room or whatever but effectively as probably the same you know him and mariner are the main characters effectively yeah. of lower decks and yet he's just like a, he's the you know, got a side plot in this yeah he's he's yeah he's again star trek and has it still always been works about is the point yeah yeah but star trek have always been about ensembles and again it's testament like strange new worlds like uh season three of picard it is a testament to how strong the characters are as an ensemble where you can have an episode focused on them and yeah. they are strong enough. Like uh, La'an in Strange New Worlds, again with Rutherford in this, they are strong on their own. Or with Tendi, yeah. they are strong on their own, which is brilliant. And to have the main star of the show as a C plot, not even a B plot, shows how good it is. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's it's just wonderful. It's it's absolutely wonderful. But guys, yeah. I I also before we finish, I yeah. like the fact that my favorite was the first one and your favorite was the second one. So what's two episodes and they're both so good that they can be each of our favorites. And which we can't is criticize impressive. them. But we can't even criticize them because we like them for two completely different things mm. and we don't have a negative thing to say about them. We are not saying I'm not saying I don't like the first episode because it was bad. I am saying I like that. I loved that because of this it's not because there was nothing wrong or anything like that which is it's a sign of good writing and i will finish now i need i need my cuddly borg salamander and you need your cuddly moopsie that's basically we just need these plushies now paramount you have got less than two weeks to get moopsie plushies on the shelves by the time i get to la and if you don't i will moopsie the fuck out of you moopsie so guys that was our (laughs) that was our double bill review of this week's star trek lower decks episodes it has been two hours it well we're actually early (laughs) well we were we were we were trying to sort of keep it down like and not be as long but then we're covering two episodes and having all the back to catch because we haven't been around for two weeks so it's we've done fairly well to get through it all in two hours it has been uh it has been an absolute pleasure being back guys yes beth there was a mishap at the beginning thank you for reminding me that's one thing i want to remember (laughs) (laughs) roll with it it's i'm rolling it's fun content that we had a dodgy beginning we had a dodgy beginning i do apologize i mean to be fair voyager had the most dodgy beginning and it turned out fairly well blame, and we get episodes like we did today blame the fact that for some reason the the headset lost connection and it defaulted everything to that so I'll, i'm gonna blame that <laughs> but guys it has been an absolute hoot being back it's been a hoot talking to sinois again about star trek i love doing this each and every week we will be back fun. next week to review episode three of star trek lower decks then i am on shore leave for two whole weeks i am attempting to sleep and never come jamaharon i am going to seek jamaharon <laughs> with my big wooden hogan 
Miles and also Tendi. <laughs> <laughs>